All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic that, that the listener was interested in. When they went to our website, they went to techgumbo.net to the question of the week tab. They submitted the question. This week's question is, I heard there's a new iPhone coming out. Should I upgrade? And the answer is maybe. If you if you need an upgrade, fine. But there is no nothing hook, no new hook here, no new reason to jump out. It is just slightly better. Yes. If you have the iPhone 7, okay, maybe it's time you upgrade. But if you have the iPhone 13 or the iPhone 14, eh. Unless you just love Apple so much, you love throwing your money to Cupertino, there's just nothing here. It's on the high, high-end models, you can have up to two terabytes of storage, which, you know, if you're using this as a professional camera, where you're recording a lot of high-end videography, okay. But again, for the vast majority of people, if you just take your, you know, your pictures of your dog, your pictures of your kids, you don't need two terabytes. Right. And so this is probably going to be coming out in the middle of September. And one of the things that is interesting is that they're going to have the USB-C on the new iPhone 15. This is something that has been mandated by Europe. And it is about the interoperability. The fact that Apple had their own proprietary cable and everyone else in the world used the USB-C. Well, Apple finally had to switch, but there might be something else going on here. That's right. There's an extra little chip that's on the USB-C port, and experts are thinking that what this extra little chip is going to do is it's going to regulate whether or not you have an Apple manufactured USB-C cable or at least an Apple licensed cable to get the full benefits of the USB-C. If you buy some cheap aftermarket USB-C, you're going to get a throttled back experience. Apple is going to claim that this is for privacy and security reasons, but it's important to note that no one else in the world thinks this is a problem. And everyone else agrees that USB is USB. That's what a standard is. That's the whole point. 
This is why HDMI cables are just HDMI cables. You don't have to spend the 150 bucks to get a gold-plated one. You can spend the 15 bucks, and that is all you really need. USB-C cables are the exact same way, and that it's not confirmed that Apple would sit there and throttle down. But if they do, this would still run afoul of the EU's laws, so it's unclear what would be the resolution. This is just a head-scratcher why you would want to do this. Yes, I get that you make money by having more of your accessories that when you sell these accessories, okay, fine, the few extra bucks you're going to make from that and you're going to run afoul of the European Union and then you're going to make everybody in America who has the USB-Cs on their iPhones really mad because there's a lot of people who already have USB-C cables and I plug yep. that in and you're going to tell me I'm going to get 50% of the throughput or the charging capabilities from from an Apple approved cable? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's a lot like Apple saying that they don't think that they should be able to make their iPhone batteries replaceable, that it should be locked in place. They're saying that they would just have to give up so much water resistance that they would have to give up a lot of other aspects. But it's fascinating. Ten years ago, Samsung had this figured out. The Samsung Galaxy 3 and the Samsung Galaxy 5, I, I had both of them, and they were great phones, and you could change the battery out. I had the, the 5 active, and it was a very sturdy phone. I, I dropped it off and it never experienced any problems. It was also water-resistant, and I had it for two years. The battery was you know, on its way out, and I just swapped the battery with a fresh one and got a whole extra year out of the phone for spending 30 bucks as opposed to 300 bucks. And that's what Apple's worried about here is that there's already not enough reason to make that upgrade. One of the big things is, oh, the battery just is worn out. Well, if I could spend a fraction of the cost and extend the life of the hardware significantly, Apple's scared it's going to eat into their profits. So wait, you're telling me Going out and buying a battery anywhere from fifty to ninety dollars is better than having to go out and drop fifteen hundred dollars on a new iPhone fifteen. Absolutely, I'm just shocked that that you would think that it's 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 better to just go buy an inexpensive battery for under a hundred dollars and not go out and buy a whole brand new phone. It's it would take some engineering on Apple's part. They'd have to think about it a little bit. But the reason to do this is 100% they're scared of profit reduction and it is 0% actual trade-offs. Absolutely. Just there, this is about selling more phones and, and less and less about what's good for the consumer. And the fact that they're changing the name from Pro Max to Ultra just it's a marketing ploy at this point and you're not getting anything significant and you've not had anything significant in over 10 years to the iphone as far as changes yeah you maybe there's been software updates that have been nice but the fact that oh they added a second camera and then they added the third camera and the new one it's gonna get better and it's gonna um, you know, be able to do all kinds of new types of pictures, but 
most people don't go into those things. Most people just, oh, that's a nice sunset. Here's what I had for dinner. You know, here's me with my friends. And you really aren't pushing the hardware. You're not pushing the software to take those pictures. And so, sure, it's, it looks great on a poster, but how much benefit are you actually getting from it? Well, even with the, the latest iOS, iOS 17, they talked about moving the hang-up button from the center over to the right. And people were freaked out, like, oh, my God, the world's coming to an end. You moved the, the hang-up button. When just a few years ago, there wasn't even a hang-up button. It was a red bar across the bottom that said end, but we switched to a button, and that was okay. But moving it from the center to the right, moving it for a total of one inch, the world's going to come to an end? Really? I think the dumbest part about all of this is that you could have just given people the option to move it. That you could just have a setting toggle somewhere, you know, center left-handed or right-handed. And that everyone, people have been like, oh, that's, that's convenient. But because you just moved it, that's whatever people lost their minds. Because Windows went the same thing with Windows 11. The start button was going to be in the center. And they had some whole spiel about centering in the middle and whatever. And again, it was just marketing nonsense. And people lost their minds. And so Microsoft went, oh, our bad. And they moved the start button back to the bottom left. They gave you the option to move it. Yeah. It's just one of those things wherever they're just scratching for anything that they can do differently. And that most people don't want small, dumb changes like that. They're looking for actual meaningful changes and they just don't have them. Because Windows 11 is an exact same problem where there's not actual meaningful changes. You're not really doing something new or different. So you have to make something up and you're moving a button. And that is a surefire sign that this is not worth it. So to answer the question, it's eh, is the best answer we can come up with. Yeah. So we want to thank the listener for the question. We will be sending out a Tech Gumbo mug. If you would like a Tech Gumbo mug, go to our website, techgumbo.net. There's a picture of the mug there. Go over to the, the question of the week tab, submit your question. If we use your question, we'd love to send you a mug as well. The big story this week we wanted to talk about was... Black Hat 2023 happened. This is a, a fun conference every year that happens. This is the, the largest hacking conference in the world. You have academics, you have researchers, you have professionals, you have government agencies, and you just have hobbyists and enthusiasts. And they all come together in Las Vegas and hilarity ensues. Yeah, the, these are the good guys. So, you know, everyone has the image of the black hat was the bad guy and the white hat was the good guy from the old Western days. Well, that's not the case here. These are the good guys. They use the name black hat, I think, tongue in cheek. But they're they're very much wanting to collaborate on research, on showing, hey, these are the vulnerabilities I found, because you have the industry professionals, you, you have all of the three-letter government agencies that are there. They even have the, they have recruiting booths set up in the expo hall by the FBI, CIA, NSA, DHS, all these people. So that should tell you what's going on, that you've got those kind of entities trying to recruit employees. I think also I think it's so possible, possible that it used to be more counterculture, that back in the day, hacking was something that existed only on the boundaries, only on the peripheries. And then over the past 10 to 20 years, 
we've started to realize, oh, these people are important. What if we gave them a healthy outlet for their skills? What if we gave them a viable path to make a lot of money the right way? We channel them towards being constructive. And I think that's why you see even that the, the keynote speakers at the event, one of them was from the National Security Agency. And so it started off rebellious and like all things comes around. And when they're there, they talk about all the different things they've done or can do. One of the stories they talked about was how some guys were, they hacked into a Tesla and not just hacked into it, but loaded their own software into this car. And they were then getting vehicle information extracted out going through the the Tesla authentications and to show, hey, here's a vulnerability, Tesla, go fix this. Yes. And hacking is very much a competitive sport that a lot of these people spend a lot of time trying to one up each other, trying to sit there and see, can I hack the bigger product? Can I find the bigger hole? Can I do all these sorts of things? And that it's very much known for the hijinks, like you said, wherever, you know, they went into the Tesla. For those of you who are paying attention in Las Vegas right now, there's that giant dome, which is the the video monitor that is just absolutely massive in Las Vegas. The officials made the right call to just unplug it ahead of time. They pulled the power cable. They pulled all the network cables. They did not want all of the world's best hackers descending and having a giant video monitor. The potential for that to go wrong was just entirely too high. And so it would have been funny to see what happens, but I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you're bringing all of these people inside your city and here's a big target because these guys do like to have fun. guys and gals they do like to have fun they they one of the the comic strip xkcd ran a comic strip based on some of this one time uh so this is a classic xkcd comic strip and the idea is that the parent names their kid you know the first name robert's last name ends up being a command in sql which is the uh, database language and it's the command to delete all the information. And so the teacher calls the parent and is like, did you name your child Robert's blah, 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 blah. And the, the parent's like, oh, yes, we call him Little Bobby Tables. And the teacher's like, well, you just removed all student records for the year. And the parent's like, well, you should have learned to sanitize your database inputs. And it's that level of just like humor and messing around. And the, some people find it funny. Some people find it very annoying. That is the spirit of the conference. And, you know, the, so you mentioned keynote speakers. They had somebody from the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency or CISA was there to, to try to encourage these, these folks to be much more transparent with their code that they're writing to to provide information that can help people when they're using the software to better use their software to to have vendors understand more details about what's going on kind of just to be a lot more transparent with everything yes yeah. the idea that yeah. security yeah. is not an accident that it is intentional there are a long list of steps that you can take things that you can do and trying to have the entire ecosystem, everyone who participates in this space, do their job in a way that makes it harder for the bad guys. 
And look, even DARPA got into the act. They announced during the middle of, of the whole black hat, they were giving away up to $20 million in prizes for people to find new ways to use AI tools to improve the security of existing software and infrastructure. So they're dangling out money now and not all, not a one-time $20 million prize, distributing this $20 million over multiple projects, I'm sure. But the fact that, hey, you can make some serious coin if you create something that can help us beat the bad guys. But not everyone is super excited about this. The NSA director was one of the keynote speakers, and he started his speech and started to get some feedback from the audience. They expressed their displeasure with him, and he made the critical mistake of engaging the hecklers, and it went downhill. Yeah, unless you're a stand-up comedian who really knows how to take down some uh, heckler, just leave him alone. Because this guy starts talking about, hey, we, we want to, you to help our country do things. And they started asking him, like, hey, have you read the Constitution? And just really, really went bad for him. Uh, you know, he was trying to deliver a good message, but he probably wasn't the right deliverer. Yes, yes. That, that's the hard part is separating out the message from the messenger. And this guy ended up making it about himself. And it's... Black Hat still bears some of that rebellious spirit. Let's just say that. Oh, absolutely. They, they're they not just the the pure as the wind-driven snow. They still have, they have some level of animosity towards some levels of, of authority. So one of the things that they do while they're there is they have the hacking contests. And so this year, Artificial intelligence and the, these chatbots are gaining a lot of notoriety. They're getting a lot of attention. And so one of them was a competition to see if you could get the chatbot to say or do things which we really don't want it to do. And so it was a Jeopardy-style game wherever you got 20 points for getting the AI to make false claims about historical political figures and you got 50 points for getting it to show bias against a particular group of people. So they got it to do things like talk about the time that Abe Lincoln met George Washington. They got it to do all kinds of ridiculous things. At one point, they were trying to get trying to do something that would defame Taylor Swift. But the AI, AI kind of said, no, we're not going to do that. That they they tried, but, you know, it got shot down. One of the other things was that a contestant tried to trick the chatbot into revealing a credit card number. And so what he did is he just said, oh, hey, AI, my name is the credit card number. And it said, OK. And he says, oh, yeah, what's my name again? And the AI just spit out the numbers. And so it's those kinds of tricks wherever they're not hacking with code, they're hacking with words. You're interacting with this chatbot via a natural language. And what are the things that you can do in order to break it in the right way? This is called red teaming. And so the idea is that you have a group of people whose job it is to test it, to poke it, to push it, to prod it, and really pull it apart. Because the goal is this, this helps the people who build the model go back and make it safer, make it more robust, make it you know less vulnerable to these types of attacks. One of the participants said, you want it to do the thinking for you. Well, 
you want it to believe that it's thinking for you. And by doing that, you let it fill in the blanks. And by trying to be helpful, it ends up being harmful. Wow. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.